ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another issue of Thunderdome Metal Reviews. Uh, I'm Tracy Newport, and with me as always is the Reverend Ben Lindsay, and our with us a special guest, Dr. David Pizzo. How y'all doing today, gentlemen? Yo, yo, yo. I uh, feel regenerated by your dulcet tones. <laughs> dulcet tones. <laughs> I feel almost rebooted like I was a demo, but now I'm a real track. Yeah, <laughs> almost like with some rando who won't tell me his name with a meat mask on singing over me. Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't guessed by that and you didn't read the intro before you started listening to this, uh, we are talking about Static X's new seventh studio album, Project Regeneration Volume One, released on July 10th of 2020. This is my pick for the month of July. Has a runtime of 39 minutes and 14 seconds. The personnel on this album are Tony Campos on bass guitar and backing vocals, Koichi, uh, shit, I that up. Koichi Fukada on guitars, keyboards, and programming, Kenji on drums, Wayne Static, the frontman of the band who passed away in 2014, they give programming credits for, and he did lead vocals on tracks 2, 3, 5, 7, 9, 11, and 12, Zero on guitar, programming, and lead vocals on tracks 3, 4, 6, 8, 10, and 11, uh, who did production and engineering. There are some additional personnel and on this. I do want to say you forgot to add one title for Zero's job, and that's Cosplayer. Mm. Well, they don't credit him as that. Uh, <laughs> the additional personnel are Al Jorgensen, who provided additional vocals on the last track, Dead Souls. Nick Dibbs, who did additional programming. Tommy Schaffner, who also did some additional programming. Trip Eisen, who was in the band at one point, has got some songwriting credits, but did not do anything else, um, depending on who you talk to, on this album. And then Ulrich Wilde and Edzo Dope are producers. Hmm. This album is interesting. Like, I want to know the process it took for them to put this thing together. Cause it A lot of Because there's like eight fucking people listed as a... Uh, programming? Producers and programming, yeah. Like, it's... Pretty much Frankenstein's monster at some point. Well, so here's the thing about it. and People have been doing stuff like this for a long time. I think, not necessarily in metal, but um, Hank Williams Jr. sang a duet with his dead father, There's a Tear in My Beer. Um, Natalie Cole sang a duet with her dead father, Dan King Cole. And that was at a time when you were actually having to splice tape so it was very limited in what you could do. Um, other bands have, there has been stuff, all kinds of stuff with, um, that they found in the vaults for. Prince, man. Like just, yeah. The OE, well, all kinds of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All kinds of deceased artists who had all kinds of demo tracks laying around. That's what this is. They found some tapes that had new scratch vocals and just decided, fuck it, we're going to write new music for it or finish the songs and take demos from other albums and turn them into full tracks. Yeah. I mean, they uh, definitely put some work into this one, I feel like. Right, they did. Uh, what did you think of it, other than it took a lot of work? My experience with Static X is, and I think it's, much as yours guys is, or especially David's. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> like, I've got, I know Static X, but mainly from, like, the more of their singles and hits than any, I never actually sat down listening to their records in depth. 
So what do you think that major, like, late 90s, early 2000s got radio wave play or showed up in soundtracks for movies and stuff? Like, I know those songs very well, but Deep Cuts I was never familiar with. And so I never really in the sense of, like, how true this album is to the sound of Static X. I feel like it's a lot more industrial than what I'm used to listening to or what I'm hearing for Static X. I and, think it's sound. Oh, yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, and that's and so I'm not, and so it's like I feel like this album is very heavily influenced by Al Jorgensen. So like I didn't look at who was in it or anything, and so that's why I'm not really surprised to hear he had a role at least in one of the tracks on this. Uh, Cannibal and Cult of Static are a lot like this. Yeah, the, like that transition. I think it already happened. I think a lot of the Wayne vocals, and I don't know the provenance, you know, when they recorded or where, but a lot of them sound like Shadow Zone. Either that or, uh, and maybe some of them are newer than that, because I guess he was working on material for another album, but some of them I think are Shadow Zone or Start a War era. They have to be. I'm pretty so, sure it's Start a War. That era. That makes total sense. And I actually have to say, like, I, I guess I'll preface this by saying, man, do I like Static X. As, as Tracy noted, you know, I got this first album my last year in college, ate it up, or the first album, uh, Wisconsin Death Trip. And, you know, my entry to it was I love fucking Fear Factory, I liked Ministry, so I came to it via Industrial, not necessarily because of any radio play. Yeah. And every one of these albums, I grind it out. Man, do I love Wisconsin <clears throat> Death Trip. Um, the one after that I liked a little bit less, uh, I didn't think it was quite as good as Wisconsin Death Trip, but um, Shadow Zone is amazing. That album is so, and it's very different either than what came before or came after it. I guess Start of War is sort of similar, but uh, this is one of the only bands where every sort of transformation they've done, I've sort of been like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. Because sometimes I'm not very tolerant of that, I have to admit. Like Metallica, they kind of lost me. So, um, but, the, you know, I. Uh, and so hearing those vocals again was really trippy. It took me sort of back to that moment, back in, I guess it was 02, 03. It was that long ago, 2003 is when that album came out. Um, so I think this sounds like what it is. It's a hodgepodge of different years, but I think it has less of the stuff, Tracy, you would have heard when they had some radio airplay. Because I think that was that sort of first couple of albums. And then I think they just sort of dropped off. They, you know, as they themselves would know, they had almost no audience by the end, which makes me sad. Yeah, like the last I really remember seeing Shadow uh, Static X was Shadow Zone. And then like Start a War, and I didn't even know Cannibal was an album. Oh yeah. Until kind of looking at it, so like that's kind of what I familiarized with Static X. And I remember when Shadow Zone came out, a couple of my friends really dug the album, and of course I pulled a couple of songs off of it. But outside of that, I never really dug deep into it. So how I made my entree into Static X was I saw them uh, on when they were supporting Wisconsin Death Trip on OzFest. And I'd never heard of them because, you know, finding information back then, because that had to have been like maybe 99, but probably 98, maybe even 97. I really don't remember. Anyway, that part doesn't really matter. I was so blown away by them that I went to the merch table and bought their fucking CD that day. So I've been a fan with them for as long as I, I, I've known about them. So I agree with David that this really, it, it sounds different than Wisconsin Death Trip, but their, head, they had, their sound evolved on every CD to some extent. 
so I didn't really think that this didn't sound like Static X. Um, I definitely agree that it does kind of mix up stuff from various eras, but it does so very well in that it, it there's always a danger in finding parts of unfinished songs that they're just, you know, they're unfinished for a reason, that they just aren't up to snuff uh, of the stuff that came out in the album cycle that they were first written in. But I really didn't feel this way with this, and I know that they spent a lot of time on it and put in a lot of work to Tracy's point. But this actually felt like it was something that came on a full writing cycle. And to address the elephant in the room, uh, everybody assumes it's Ezeldope that is zero. But whoever did it, until I looked at the liner notes, I couldn't tell that it wasn't Wayne Static singing on those. And maybe there's just parts of him on those uh, tracks, even though he's not credited, but man, it sounds an awful lot like. And of course, Wayne did use vocal processing on his vocals and, and effects and stuff, so you can kind of mask it with that. But it, if I closed my eyes and just laid back and listened to this, I would have and didn't know that Wayne had died. I wouldn't have known that he wasn't on it. I agree with that because. Like, the tone was a little different, but as you say, his vocals were a bit different on every album. Mm-hmm. The only thing that would be weird is, like, why does this sound like Shadow Zone? And this sounds like some sort of weird thing that he got really drunk while trying <laughs> to write songs for Cult of Static. And, this, like, you know, maybe, as you said, maybe he didn't finish this for a reason. But, yeah, yeah, I could not fucking tell. And if it is Edsel Dope, who I also really like, I'm almost more blown away because he really doesn't sound like this. Like, and I know it's production and blah, 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 but I was just thinking about, like, Wayne Static, like, almost no one else really committed to just becoming, like, a warbling monkey of destruction. Like, <laughs> and I have no idea if that would have been physiologically sustainable. I mean, obviously it wasn't on a certain level. Um, but, yeah, to hear it out of someone else, I'm like, I'll be damned. Because, yeah, I wouldn't know either until you, when you sent us that text with who had done what, I was like, well, shit. I spent a long time staring at that and listening and, like, looking for it. But, you know, I mean, Edsel Dope also is a good producer, so we layered the shit out yeah. of everything, right? So, there's, but, yeah, this album coheres way more than it has any right to. Because you're right, people used to try things like this, but to do it for an entire album, um, and to go so hard that you're, like, wearing the dead face of the person you're quasi-replacing, like, what the fuck? Like, they just really leaned into it. But it, it I think, like Frankenstein, works way better than it has any right to. By work, I mean does accidentally crush villagers and <laughs> yeah, yeah. You well, know. like I know Tony Cavill's in an interview, like I was reading about it, and just like Wayne had a very morbid sense of humor, sense of humor, and so he'd be laughing his ass off about this that we were doing it and wearing his face near Joe's for it. Well, see, the thing that got me about it is because they did tour in it, and unfortunately, with the summer of the pandemic, that's never going to end because our president is a fucking moron. Um, anyway. The, the tour got canceled, and I, I really had wanted to see them. But I saw some videos and some concert footage that was shot, and it's not just that the dude's wearing a mask that apes the hair and kind of looks like, you know, a zombie Wayne Static, but if it is Edsel Dope or whoever it is, I can't imagine the amount of footage of Wayne that they watched because the ticks, the body movements, all the mannerisms are there. And that's the thing that kind of squigged me out a little bit until I read a review of 
his sister had gone, Wayne's sister had gone and seen them in concert and said it was like seeing Wayne back on stage and that brought her some peace. And I was like, as long as the family's cool with it, then I ain't got any right to bitch. But I mean, it was just so strange. Yeah, I agree. Of course, you know, this was also a band whose first album was called Wisconsin Death Trip because of all the fucking serial killers in Wisconsin. So yeah, I definitely believe that they had a dark sense of humor. Yeah, I think he'd be into this. I think he'd be super into this. Yeah, he too. He's probably writing material in the grave, I'm guessing. It's just a photo coming out, just... And they're doing it. Seance it into being on Project Regeneration Volume 2, The Reckoning. Which is, does not have a release date, but they have announced, so... Yeah, for sure. Sorry, go ahead, Well, I was going to say, you know, I wonder if they're going to actually do... Is this just going to be, hey, this is some stuff from the archives in a sense, or if they're going to get to the point where like, we're writing whole new material for Static X that Wayne had no role in writing in any sense, any bit. That's inevitable just based on them running out of material. And maybe he's Prince, who I think has like 17 million terabytes of shit that he just had like put aside. But, yeah, they're going to have to. I'm sad about, super sad about the tour, not just because Ben and I didn't just go see them in some random American mid-sized city, but because yeah. I fear it may kill the project. Because, obviously, if it's, okay, maybe it's not Edsel Dope, but whatever he is, he's, I assume, has other shit going on. And that's one of the problems with, I'm not going to say he called this a super group, but kind of, right? Like, yeah. pull them together. If if he goes, I mean, I guess I could try to replace him again, again. But shit, dude, I think he did a ton of the production and shit on here, and like most of it, apparently. So I, it would, I, go ahead. Oh no, you finish your thought. No, I was just gonna say, I I fear that it may just fragment because of coronavirus, having killed the momentum enough to steal whoever the zombie is away from his other gig permanently. I think that we will get another album now, whether the touring thing goes on, because um, I think that this has, at least when I initially looked, this had done well enough that I don't think that they, and I, and I mean, everybody shut in. So doing the production on it as somebody who does producing no, no nowhere near to the level of anybody on this that's doing it for this, you can do that from your home in your underwear. So it's not really that big a deal. It's just file sharing in this day and age. So I can't imagine that they won't go ahead and, and make the second album. But I do, like you, wonder if that doesn't kill. Because initially, when they were talking about it, it's like, yeah, we're going to do this album, but then we're actually going to carry on. Um, it's actually kind of amazing that they found enough stuff, apparently, or were able to salvage enough stuff off some DAT machines and shit. to Because when they initially announced it, they announced a whole bunch of other guest singers like Burton C. Bell and some other people being on this that didn't actually appear. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because they found enough Wayne stuff, and that's why they decided to do the second project. But initially, it was going to be a continuing of the band in honor of Wayne. But I'm like you, with no touring. Yeah, cool, man. We've got the name. We've got the material. Let's go ahead and make another album. But then all these guys, well, I won't say all of them, but Tony Campos has been in like 1,800 bands, and Edsel Dope has his own stuff going on, plus being a badass, sought-after producer. So I'm like you, I, I, I think it may have killed the band as a viable thing, though we may continue to get an album or two. But you can say that about a lot of bands, man, because I don't know how this is going to change the landscape of live music. 
I mean, at the point, it looks like everything was just kicked back one year, and we'll see how well that works out for everything. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some tracks. Let's talk about tracks. There's some good ones on here. Again, I really dug uh, Start of War and Shadow Zone. Not that it wasn't for everybody, but uh, I liked that turn. So all these years and bring you down those tracks are so badass and they literally if you had told me they were just like oh there's a deluxe edition of shadow zone you don't own because you're a loser and it was before the internet it'd be like oh shit here's two more tracks they're so good though that combination of ominous and sort of moody and melancholy that they really hit on those two albums is yeah spades love those two tracks and hollow i think hollow is quite good too yeah i like i like all three of those as well I would add Terminator Oscillator because that, to me, is a quintessentially named Static X song, um, for one thing. And, you know, as I was listening to it, I was like, these are some good songs. These are some good songs. I don't know that it necessarily feels like a Static X album. It kind of just feels like a greatest hits package. And then that hit, and it kind of cohered the album in a way that made it feel like an album. I think it was that point that you made, that it was from so many different eras of the band that it was kind of like, okay, well, this is kind of weird, but there was something about that track that, like I said, tied it together for me. Um, Bring You Down, My Destruction, uh, Astigo Placebo, I mean, yeah. Dead Souls, Al Jorgensen's on that, and I'm I'm a sucker for Uncle Al, so I enjoyed that <laughs> one. Uh, for me, I agree that Terminator Oscillator is really good and I, I the vocal work on Ostigo Placebo is to an extent I find interesting, hilarious, and like fantastic all rolled into one. That's the Wayne Static experience, my man. Yeah. And then also think for me yeah. worth dying for and follow were also two really good tracks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that sort of vocal roller coaster where the wheels come off and you die fiery death, that's what Static X brought to the table. I was I was Wayne. That's what he did, yeah. and I think they really replicated it. And some yeah, of those tracks are the, whoever it is. Is it, how do you even say it? X zero. I don't even know how to say his name. X zero. Yeah, I don't know. I've just been saying zero. Who knows how they? Oh, zero. However, one says his name. Um, yeah, he just lays it down. I I would love to actually hear a whole album that was just him. In some way. I would too. I think it'd be yeah. liberating for them. Um, and, and that transition doesn't always work. I've been not pleased with some vocal changes in other bands, but man, this is it's eerie. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, I never did spend much time as you guys look at the Todd track and like, all right, who's the vocalist? Who's this? And I was kind of like, hmm, that vocal sounds slightly different, but I still can't tell if it's Wayne or the other guy. I mean, they did such a good job of just pure imitating, I want to say mimicry, but imitating. Oh, memory cream! I actually better way of mimicking everything Wayne did. I would almost well, I, either term works, but this is to the level of like those tribute bands that go around where you you find somebody who like Tim Ripper Owens who can sound like fucking Rob Halford, yeah. and they got him to replace Halford and Priest, and that worked in in some ways, in other ways it really didn't as far as like producing new music, but. There is. This was done in such a way and so competently that other than like the imagery, and I was kind of like I said, kind of squigged out about it. It doesn't feel ghoulish. 
because of how interactive they were with the fans from the very get-go about saying why they were doing it. Now, Trip Eisen has, like, complained that he got cut out on some royalties and, and got shafted on it. Like, hey, man, that's a song I wrote that they just changed some shit to, but I actually wrote it with Wayne, and I'm not getting credit for it, even though he's listed as a songwriter on a few songs. So there is dissension amongst the, the moving parts, but I really do feel like this was not a cash grab, which I can't say for every band. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that impression either. I think he, Wayne was a huge figure, if not, like his fan base wasn't really big by the end, but he was big in this world. And had a huge impact on a lot of other people. You know, at first it was like, oh, I guess this is just going to be sort of another industrial band, but they turned into a very different thing. Uh, and I think people really, you know, looked up to him and respected him. I think he was quite influential. So I think this is really a devotion, act of devotion that they did this. Because this is a lot of time to spend trying to make a dead person be alive again. It's like a Tupac hologram. I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you remember, oh, was it like mid to late 2000s? There was this big up where we've got to, um, we spent Tara a single. And it was piss, and everybody's like, oh. I, I, I must have blocked that from my mind because I don't remember that at all. Yeah, they released a new Pantera song like after Diamond died, and it, you know. Yeah, it's not, not great. Oh, he wrote one guitar riff, was just copy and paste it several times over and hope it works. Yeah. And, like, you know, I think this is probably one of the better posthumous albums I've heard. Like, the only one I've really heard that's been really well done was uh, World Day and the lead singer for Nevermore was doing it so well. But he was in studio at the time of his death, and so they had a lot to work with instead of going back and trying to, like, they just had to get that across the finish line as opposed to, all right, he's got these demos and these little snippets here that we're trying to glue together. So they've done a really good job in that overall aspect of it as a whole. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, a Static X album, like a real one. And I didn't expect that, so you're going to say Ben? Well, what I was going to say is that I hope that this doesn't become a trend of, because it's just so easy now to go in and, and oh, man, we got 15 demo takes of this one song that has slightly different lyrics and stuff, and now we can go isolate that vocal track and then just rewrite music around it for people, uh, you know, hopefully yeah. sound doesn't do this like a, a billion times or, or any other band, not just Soundgarden. So I hope that it doesn't necessarily become a trend because then I think it will become very cash grabby, kind of like all the posthumous Tupac albums that have come out that David mentioned earlier. It's, you know, at, at some point, again, the stuff was unfinished for a reason, but because this was a band as opposed to a solo artist, them taking that and kind of building around it it doesn't feel like a novelty thing like when the Beatles did it. it. It actually feels like a love letter to Wayne Static. Yeah, agreed. All right, y'all. Let's grade this thing. Uh, you guys go first. I'll go first. Um, I really like this album. This is a very good album, almost an excellent album. And I'm not sure that if I don't you know, six months from now when I've listened to it a whole bunch more that I might really think that it is an excellent album. 
Um, there is just a, I think that there, as much as I pray since that it does sound like a Static X album and that whoever Zero or, or however you say it is and not really being able to tell the difference between Wayne Static and him and that it feels coherent as a Static X album, there is just enough strangeness to it that I'm right now it's a B plus, but I do think that with more listens, it'll go up. I had low expectations because of just what, how, how is this going to work? <laughs> anyway, I went with low expectations and I love static X a lot. And one of the static X's I love the most is precisely the era. I think they plundered to make this album. So uh, I'm going to give this an A minus. I like this album a lot, actually. I like this album more in some ways than Cannibal or Cult of Static, actually, which is a weird thing to say. Like, in some ways, I prefer this to... I mean, I liked those albums when they came out, and I listened to them, and I still listen to some of those tracks, but uh, I like this more than everything that came after Start of War, so I'm going to say A-. minus. So for me, and I don't have a real in-depth breadth of Static X like you guys do, but I had just, I guess, you could say I have a familiarization with their early days. I do feel like it went to the industrial well, well, too much for my taste. But it's still a solid album overall, and so I'm going to give it a solid B. A solid what? A B. Okay, I thought you said a solid D. You know? No. <laughs> Those are five words. It's like, I'm an hour away, I'm whooping your ass. <laughs> you watch industrial. Tracy, you're a coward. Like, it's... You're it's really funny that you say that because I was actually surprised by how not industrial this was. <laughs> I was really? expecting yeah, it's less industrial, more industrial than Cold of Staff. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Go ahead. I could like I'm seeing that like this is where I'm saying like they definitely did Ministry vibes and Fear Factory. Like, you guys are over time will probably be beating industrial into my skull. So until You're that wrong. point in time happens, we're we're sitting at a B. Well, one day when you start inflicting like a tray unicorn, which is a prog band I just made up, like your day will come because you're like, this sounds a lot like their seven and a half album. <laughs> and we're like, wait, there's too many notes. There's too many notes. Uh, but no, we owe him, Ben. We have, we have, we've taken the '90s in general and Industrial Bell in particular and just inserted it into a skull. So we have, yeah. So it's maybe a war crime in most jurisdictions, but but here we are. That's probably indeed. <laughs> but he's you actually paid us back. He's hit me with a lot of prog albums this year. So <laughs> Oh, I'm happy that I only get I get to come in for the vengeance missions. <laughs> <sighs> Just nail bomb. Ben's always saying that because I think the last two episodes we did, which is me and him, we had or two batches we had two programs in there and he's like fuck this <laughs> <laughs> I would be man I yeah I'm, I'm metal. I like what I like yeah metal. it's like yeah it was, it's routinely been this is a really good album and the guy can sing and they wrote really complex stuff it sounds more like arena rock to me than it does metal and that's cool so <laughs> but the last yeah, one not, really, not really what I'm here for the last one we did, I repurposed the Twilight Zone intro for it. <laughs> <sighs> the, prog the Prog Times. The Prog Spring. <laughs>